Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Why Always oh, Ask. James, with... James, 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 you've got, you've got to read this letter. What, what is it? We've got some really important news. We can't use that as the title of our show anymore. What? Yeah, we can't say whatever you just said just then. We can't use it ever again. What, why always No, we We'll get fine, man. We've got to change it to something else. Quick, think of something. Uh, all right, welcome to It's Always Us. Nice. With me, James Regal, and... Me, James McDonald. How you doing, James? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, so, you know, apart from that amazing piece of role play there, mm-hmm. that, yeah, we have changed the name of our podcast yeah. uh, because there was another one. But don't listen name. to it, it's rubbish. Yeah, don't. Can we say that? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, don't. Listen to ours, it's better. But you know that already because you're listening now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't yeah. think this will help <laughs> with the feedback we got. Thank you very much for getting in touch with the show. We will indeed cut the shit. Yes, yeah. A listener writes, uh, please stop with all the dicking about up front. I didn't. Tune in to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, to paraphrase, uh, thanks, Uncle Mitch. That was that was that was great feedback. Um, hey, yeah. Before we get started, uh, I just need to. Why am I talking like Boris Johnson? Uh, yes. Before we get before we get started, I need to thank our sponsors, Natural Barber mm. Company. Amazing company doing all natural hair styling products. No synthetics, petrochemicals, or other harmful ingredients that can irritate sensitive skin. They're pure, uh, they're vegan, I believe. They're, 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 they're vegan standard, or, or however you call that. I'm not a vegan. I don't know what I'm talking oh, yeah, about. I don't think you can eat the hair stuff, dude. No, but it's more than that, isn't it? I don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah, amazing products. Um, you've got Zeus for shiny hair and Hades for matte hair. It's used by the one and only, the greatest, Gareth Bale. I believe he's a, he's, he's a big user of that product. Um, and just a really, really awesome company that cares about people, that cares about the environment, and it cares about your lovely Barnet. Um, so, you know, they're, they're sponsoring the show, um, and they've given our listeners 25% off Ooh. their order uh, by entering the promo code ALWAYSUS25 at checkout. Uh, and you also get... Uh, free next day delivery in the UK oh, nice. for that. So go to naturalbarber.co and uh, check them out. Awesome. Jamie, how's your week been? Or a couple of weeks. We've been off for a couple of weeks, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we have, yeah. Well, how's it's it the summer. We're recording this in the hottest of Augusts. Um, and the last since the last time we spoke, Arsenal have won a trophy. They haven't, have they? Yes, we won the FA Cup final, James. Uh, Did you watch it? No, does anyone care about the FA Cup anymore? Yes, definitely. I'm sure it's a trophy that Spurs would love to win. Speaking of Spurs, who's on the show this week, James? It's Spurs. (laughs) (laughs) Act surprised. Yes. Oh, no, what? Yeah, so, yeah, funny one. Um, I've been holding back on doing Spurs because I have a lot of strong feelings about why it's always us. (laughs) But I feel now's the time with, with six or so episodes in. And um, we managed to get a couple of amazing guests, um, some of you may know. So we've got Flav, who's the founder of the Fighting Cock podcast, brilliant Tottenham podcast. Um, And somehow we've got someone who actually in real life played for Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Mickey Hazard, no less. Member of uh, several trophy winning teams. Mm. Slightly before my time. I think I was alive, but I wasn't (laughs) a fan. But I mean, we've got an ex-player on and he's... I don't know, Jamie, how would you describe this episode? Because I went into it thinking, right, right, this is my moment to, to convince our listeners that it really is us. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of ended up being kind of positive. Yeah, well, I think Mickey had a lot to do with that. He was very positive. Obviously, he was successful as a player. And I think he really brought that kind of mentality to the podcast, you know? Sort of you guys, you and Flav were kind of all doom and gloom and everything. But Mickey was like, nah, turn those frowns upside down. He did. You know? He did. He did. And uh, look... You know, don't worry. We still talk about a lot of times Tottenham were dicked over Spurs fans or non-Spurs fans who who enjoy hearing that type of thing, mm-hmm. like Jamie did. Um, I have to say, I was struggling not to smile, and I know this is a podcast, so it doesn't really matter. 
but the other guys could see me on the chat and I was very aware that I couldn't smile too much, you know. Exactly. Well, look, I'm glad <laughs> we took... That was inside. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm glad we took uh, Uncle Mitch's feedback on board and, and have not spoken for far too long about no, it in this not. intro. So let's get into it. Uh, it's Always Us about Tottenham Hotspur with Flav and Mickey Hazard. <laughs> So, Flav, Mickey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Any for future. Not, <laughs> not, not the, the, the other geezer you're with. I don't know him. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't like him. I don't like the like, look of him. Oh, come, come on, on Flav. Flav. We just, we've Flav. just started. Flav, Flav. We can be it's friends. not his fault. Mickey, it is <laughs> his fault. He made the decision it's back not. in the day. Someone hundreds of years ago was an Arsenal supporter and they forgot to tell them that it's a crap club. <laughs> I'm Look, glad we started it, on such a positive note, guys. Well, I just, I just want to say um, that at some point in your life, mate, I'm never going to remember your name. I don't want to remember your name. Don't, don't care who you are. All right. At some point in in your life, you made a decision to follow that football club. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say to you. Okay. Is that it? You're gonna... yeah. well, look, it's... I've made my choice. I'm not ashamed of it. You know, it's, it's you should be ashamed Jamie's of here. it. Jamie, Jamie's here to keep us grounded because I, I've, I've, ever since we started this podcast, I've been holding off doing the Tottenham episode because, yeah. because well, obviously because I'm biased and I don't want to get carried away. And, I, and I'm going to try and shut up and let you guys do it. But we're going to talk about uh, why it's always us, the Spurs. So having a Goonie is good because he, maybe he'll keep us grounded, make sure we don't get carried away. But before we get into that, guys, just want to sort of introduce you properly um so i mean flav you can go first but i, I think most anyone listening who's a spurs fan will probably know you from the fighting cock but you've got yep. a few other really interesting projects on at the moment uh podcast wise <laughs> haven't you yeah yeah they're, they're, we've got the obviously the fighting cock which is spurs spurs based podcast uh mickey's been on it a couple of times which uh, we, we're always massively grateful for um but outside of that we've got no holds barred podcast coming out soon to, 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 to you know on the general masses uh, but probably more, most importantly at the moment, we've got the 15 Minutes podcast that I've been doing with Wendy, who's a, a massive part of the Fighting Cock and the Extra Inch podcast that he produces. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, I produce many podcasts uh, across uh, all formats. And uh, I mean, I barely need to introduce this man, but former Spurs legend, hero, Mickey Hazard. Can't quite, but why are you here, Mickey? Why, why have you given me the time of day? I think I think I pretty picked on you because I think you're the nicest bloke I've ever heard on any podcast. Absolutely. But there's no um, way you'll say no. To be honest with you, I don't know why. <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> listen, we're all part of one and the same family. Um, we all love Spurs. We're all um, doing things in the best interests of Spurs. We're all promoting Spurs by uh, running podcasts, etc. So. Um, Appreciate that anybody who's doing a podcast and took the time out to do a Spurs po- podcast, they need the help and support of players and phone players. So for me, it's no big deal. Um, I enjoy them and I enjoy helping the people who run them because one day I might need their help. So, uh, you know, we're a one big happy family, not just the Spurs family, but as, as a world, you know, what we've learned about through this virus is that the more we pull together, the more we can succeed. And, and it's the same in every walk of life. So if we can help someone, let's help someone because it'll make the world a better place. So I told you, Jamie, like nicest bloke. Don't, don't you wish I, you were a Spurs fan now? No Arsenal player would ever say anything like that. I doubt that. Wait, just, can I just pick up on something? Um, I don't know if you saw the news today that they've laid off 55 members of yeah, their... Yeah, it's not but, a great timing. Not, not amazing. Yeah. Just yeah. Still, just, William, though, what a player. <laughs> Grounded, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stop bullying Jamie because we'll have an Arsenal fan on this at some point, and I'm going to get it. Um, Probably just eons into the future, when we... <laughs> yeah, like never. Um, so, look, before we we get into it, guys, I just want to get your thoughts on the season that's just gone by. Obviously, a long one. Uh, am I am I being over the top when I say that was possibly the worst Spurs season in a long, long time? No. I would, I would absolutely agree. I think that um, reaching the Champions League final last season was incredible. Of course, it was one of those it's always us moments that ruined the game. Um, but the season itself, in my opinion, should have been a great season. The confidence 
that you gained from reaching a Champions League final, irrelevant that you didn't win it. The confidence that in the group of players should have been up there. Um, but for some reason, from the very start of the season, even if we look back into pre-Champions League final, the form in the league wasn't that great. Um, so something had gone wrong behind the scenes, maybe. I don't know what. Um, but I'd like to think that um, it, rather than the players losing their form, there was a little bit of problems off the pitch, behind the scenes, that maybe we were unaware of. Uh, because the season, while there's been some amazing performances within it, um, in general, it was a very ordinary season. Um, but the great thing is, it's to, to be able to say that we had an ordinary, sort of average season at best, and finished sixth, um, augurs well for the future. Um, so, um, you know, next season, I fully expect the, the Jose effect to really start to take effect because um, you don't win 25 trophies if you're not a great manager. And all these people that are saying, oh, he's a, he's a dinosaur, he's stuck in the past. It's a load of codswallop. Jose manager still a great, Jose Mourinho is still a great, great manager. And, and, um, and while he maybe doesn't preach the Tottenham way, I think what we will see over the next year or two will be a, a, a new Tottenham way, a Tottenham way that incorporates the Jose way as well, um, which maybe is needed because with all the great team that we had over the last three to four years, Champions League, second in the league, third in the league, you know, great team, we never won anything. So maybe something needed to change in terms of the style that we preached. Um, maybe we needed to be more solid at the back, concede less goals, and not such open attacking football. And I think Jose will introduce that. Um, along with, I hope he never uh, strays off of the Tottenham way because it's a wonderful way. Um, but if you add solidity to it, then you can actually be a real force. So I'm very hopeful for the season ahead and I'm glad that the season past is gone because I didn't enjoy it one bit. Now, have you had a chance to, to meet Jose yet? I know you're often sort of in and around. Yes, the club. I've met him. It's a very story. I run a, a party and wedding business and um, Spurs often book a lot of my equipment for their functions. And uh, one of the functions that I delivered a sweet cart, a chocolate fountain, I, I delivered all the things to the um, new stadium. And um, my sister, who runs it for me, uh, took a picture of Jose taking sweets out of my sweet cart. So um, that was a first. That was I've published. I've put that everywhere in the world now. I've had bookings from Portugal. Every woman in the world wants to book my sweetheart now. Um, but no, I've met him. Um, he's a he's a he's a lovely guy. He's a really nice guy, and um, he sometimes his persona on TV doesn't isn't as good as what it could be. Um, but I suppose when you've won twenty five trophies as a, as a manager. I think that must give you an air of confidence and an air of belief and even an air of arrogance because without arrogance you can't really be that successful so um, I think over the next year or two we will see a, a really good Tottenham team. Have any, anything to add on the season at all? Uh, no it's difficult to add to that because I think Mickey summed it up almost perfectly. All I would say is that the reason why you know it's, it's hard to be critical when you know we've, we've gone from 14th in the league losing our most loved manager since Bill Nick uh, and then to, to to turn the season around in a very kind of pragmatic and and um, somewhat boring fashion to finish sixth it's 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 hard in in a, in a realistic sense to to be critical of that but the fact is is that you, you have to take into account where Tottenham were and what we had under Pochettino um, you know the the domestic form was terrible um, but going into the the Champions League run, we had two amazing results against Manchester City, which no no one on earth gave us an, an iota of a chance to get past Man City over two legs, and we did it. Uh, and then to to go into that second half against Ajax with um, like no chance, like the the, the dead and buried, uh, dead, exactly dead and buried. Like I, I remember at the time, like at half time, just going, we just got to get through this now. And trying to try and process what was happening, and and, and try and process the, the damage of of getting beaten, and and trying to find a, a spin on it that made us look good, and then we won, <laughs> and uh, 
it was it was more than anyone could ever hope for or any Spurs fan could hope for. And and that in in a way was was poetry for Pochettino's reign because he got us there but we didn't get over the line and and it was because of that reason that it was time to to move on and none of us wanted it. No one deep down wanted him to go. But he had to at that time because we're in such disarray. Uh, and then to get Jose Marino in, who we, oh, I was really excited about, really excited about, because the idea of winning trophies is is something that is bizarre to Spurs fans. Like, you know, we won trophies when Mickey was playing for us, but we, we, you know, since since that that you know the early nineties, and even to, you know towards the end of your career at Spurs, uh, Mickey, that you know we we lost the habit of winning. Yeah. And we've never found it again. And it's been 30, 40 years. Well, if you take away 91, it's, it's been that long. And um, yeah, we needed, uh, we needed something new. And, and Jose Mourinho, I felt like it was that. It's a great point, Flav. You know, that winning uh, comes from mentality. Um, and until you've won, you don't know if you've got the mentality to get you over the line. Uh, uh, and obviously, I was fortunate enough to play in a team that got over the line in successive seasons, uh, three. Um, so, but <laughs> that mentality you gain from that first win means that the next time I'm in that predicament, that final, I know that I've got what it takes yeah. to win. Uh, and that's what sadly didn't happen under Poch. Under Poch, we were so close, so many occasions but we never quite got over that line, which would have given them the belief to go on and win more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and I just want to pick, pick you up on something that you said there, Mickey, in, in terms of um, that winning mentality. Because I think, I don't think that, it's hard for Spurs fans and any fans of any club to, to quantify that as a, as a tangible thing, as a realistic thing. But you, you, like, like you said, is that you went in, you won trophies on three seasons in the bounce and going into the cup final thinking you could win it. I think all of us going into uh, that, that Champions League final, it felt like we were the underdog. And if we get anything out of this, it would be incredible. Like it, when, uh, you know, the, the point of this podcast is talking about why I always us. Uh, and we went into this, this, uh, this game with, with, with a hope of winning it, not a realistically, a realistic expectation, but a hope of winning it. And then, um, and then obviously Sissoko's handball happened. Sadio Mane is first to look to penetrate for Liverpool. Struck against Sissoko, penalty! 25 seconds in! And it was just like, it just felt Spursy. It felt something that happens to Tottenham within 44 seconds. We'd waited three weeks from the end of the last season to... To, to, to play a minute of the game, less than a minute of the game in the Champions League final, the biggest game we've had in the club's history, bar none. This was the biggest trophy. Yeah. For us to have something happen that was taken away from us, pretty much beyond our control, just felt completely apt. And, and it, it almost, as Spurs, as, as fans, let alone the players, gave us an opportunity to just think, well, this is what happens to something. But, but as, uh, the players don't understand that. They don't know that feeling that we have and we've carried through for decades that, that this is the thing that happens at Tottenham or it has in the last 30 years. It just... Um, it just uh, yeah, it, it, I just want to know how important that winning mentality is. But it's... You, you know what, Flav? Winning mentality, okay? We have to re-educate our fans into believing there's no such thing as Spursy. Because the more we talk about Spursy, the more it's likely to happen. And the more we imagine that it's happening. So, for instance, that's a Soko penalty. So what? It was the first minute of the game. It left us 89 minutes to, to get that goal back and win. Um, so, while it, in the eyes of the fan, it would be Spursy. In my eyes, it was, well, it's okay, bad start, but we've got plenty of time to recover. So, we have to educate, not just re-educate, not just the players, but fans, staff, commercial staff, um, kit men, um, laundry ladies. We have to have the old club. I remember in the early 80s, we knew we were winning uh, because the old club knew we were winning. Um, and, and that's the difference between today. It, there was no talk of Spursy in my day. Uh, if you remember, in the, in, in the 60s, we won a lot of trophies. 
um, the double as well. First Euro uh, British team to win a European trophy, um, 67, the FA Cup final. Um, yeah, then in the early, the 70s, 72, 72, I think it was 71, 72, 73, 74, we win trophies. The 80s, bump, then early 90s, we win a trophy. So there was no talk of Spursy in those days, but there's lots of talk of Spursy nowadays. And what happens is, as a consequence, that we all think, oh, there's a Spursy uh, syndrome out there. There's actually not. Um, it's because we build it up and everything that does go wrong, we perceive it to be Spursy. We have to change that mentality because when we can convince you, Flav, that there's no such thing as Spursy, we're going to win trophies and you start believing when we go to a final that we will win and every fan thinks the same, then all the players will fall into that too. You know, it's too easy to say it's Spursy because there's no such thing. It happens. Football has good... I mean, I, I, I think that's a really great point. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? But exactly. You, didn't you guys think, speaking as a Spurs fan, after that City game, which, you know, you had a weird referee, a couple of weird refereeing decisions, some VARs, which helped us through. Then you had an amazing thing happen in Ajax on footballing terms, the sort of thing you would see United and Liverpool and Arsenal and Chelsea do. And weren't you thinking then, like, have we finally, have we banished this bullshit? And... How can you not feel like an abused person when all that did was lead up? And Flav, I don't know if you, if, because you're a pro, maybe you, you segued into that and that is your top one that you wanted to discuss. I don't know. Am I, am I, am I right there? Or? You're on the right line, sir. There you go. He's such a pro, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, it, all leading up to that moment and we didn't even get to enjoy a full 60 seconds. I was in that stadium and it was really hot and it was awful. I, 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 I'm going to take over from the guests because it's your show. But I think what Mickey was saying, I think what Mickey was saying was completely right there. It is that it happened within the first minute of the game and there's 89 plus injury time. There's so much football to be played um, that, that we shouldn't have had, we shouldn't have developed that mentality. And, and, and actually, it's about time we, we like put it in the bin. Like it's enough. Like the Spurs thing is something that perhaps Spurs fans shouldn't be referring to ever. And it's a, it's a defense mechanism because, you know, you're, you're wanting uh, your, your club and your players to, to, to um, transcend us from that ideology, that, that way of thinking about a football club. And actually, it's not on the players. It's on everybody around, around Tottenham to think that actually, we're, no, we're more than this. We, we do deserve to be in this Champions League final. And I, and I, and I felt like a little bit for that, that game that, being like, if I'm being completely honest, that we didn't deserve to be there. Like we, we, this isn't, Tottenham isn't a club that plays Champions League final football. And the difference between us and Liverpool fans is that they 100% were comfortable in that situation. Not the, fa not the players, they had the players and the manager that were co able to cope with that. A, a, a manager that had already been in the, in the Champions League final, a team that twice, a team uh, just 12 months previously had lost to Real Madrid. Um, they, they felt comfortable and, and, and Spurs, fans, Spurs fans didn't and Spurs players didn't. And, and, and at some point in the future, either we bin this idea that we're not good enough, that we don't belong, that we aren't elite, an elite football club and just get on with following our, following our team and enjoying every moment rather than caveating every bit of success with the idea that this doesn't happen to Tottenham. It's a waste of time. So how about this, guys? You know, obviously, this, this podcast is all about going over some of the bad times and the injustices, right? But, but why, I'm thinking, why, why don't we make this a dedication to the death of Spursy? So we're going to bring it all to the surface. We're bring <laughs> I like that. Surface. We're going to have one like last that. moment. We're going to convince the world to feel hard done. We should dedicate it to, to, to the death of Spursy. And the uprising of Arsenal League. <laughs> <laughs> so look, just, just to round off on, on that one incident that you brought up, Flab, I hate talking about it, so I want to get off Yeah. It. But you know, I think one of the things that sticks out to me is that uh, whether you argue it was a handball or not, Jamie, I'm sure you agree it was a blatant handball. To be quite honest with you, fellas, I couldn't care less if either team won. <laughs> <laughs> So Fair play. Watch the highlight. I'm not really not bothered. It obviously an added boat. It was. I, did did I was you think it was handball? I was terrified. But I thought, oh no, they if if they win the Champions League before us, we can't 
you know, there's no banter at all. There's nothing that we can say. Jamie, Jamie, I mean, Jamie, I like that. If they win the Champions League before us, I've got news for you. You're never going to win it, but we are. I mean, you guys have already won European Cups and that sort of stuff. So, but, you know, in the sort of modern era, I thought, no, it's, it's, it's one of those things where as a, a, an Arsenal fan, it just, you know, I was, unfortunately, you know, obviously if you guys were disappointed, but it was just a little bit good. Yeah, but I think that the uh, point I was leading to, sorry, mate, yeah. the point I was leading to <laughs> was they changed the handball rule. Mm. Um, I think that season, that happened and they've changed it again so that that wouldn't actually be a handball anymore. Yeah. I mean, if that isn't, I'll let you take it from here, guys, but. You're right. You, you, that, 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 that is the, like, forget all of, you know, disbelief in your football club. Sometimes the outside forces make you believe that something like Spursy could be a real thing. And when, when, when that handball happened in, in, in the first minute of that game, like the, the biggest game, and, and, and even when we were, you were watching it in real time, you're like, all right, the ball hit his hand. But he had, he, there was no part of him that, that thought that if I put my hand here, it was going to prevent a Liverpool attack. And the idea was that his hand, that either he was gesturing, gesturing to a position or that his hand was in an unnatural position. Okay, all right, maybe he was. But uh, there was a time where handball was about instinctively using your hand to deny uh, an opposition a goal-scoring chance if it was going to be a penalty. Even in that instance where there was nuances that, that, that were being discussed, if you think about the Danny Rose handball in the quarterfinal against Man City where I think Sterling blasted the ball and Danny Rose came down to block it and because his hand was in, uh, an, in, in inverted commas, an unnatural position, it was a handball. It was never a handball. In a million, if that's handball, then then there there is literally no point in a in defender ever removing his hands from behind his back ever. Anyway, that got given. Then we got through, so you forget about it. You get into the final, and Soko gets this this ball like crossed from Mane, who just hit the ball across. So I had an idea about, about where it was going to go, and the ball hit Soko's hand. Penalty, and you're like. This is terrible. Look, can we swear on this? Yeah. Fuck. This is this is fucking terrible. Like this is our, our, all of our hopes and dreams getting washed down the pan by a terrible decision. But it was it's with inside the the boundaries or, or, or the rules that have been set that that but, is but a no no I disagree. Fab. I think that the inexperience of the referee uh, on that night, uh, in, in other words, someone who probably had never played the game. Um, was totally unaware why Sissoko's hand was actually there. Sissoko's hand was pointing to Trippier to pick up the runner who was going around the outside and he would pick up the ball. So that's what Sissoko's hand was doing up in that position. Um, and, and as a, a former player, instantly I knew what he was doing. Uh, so I was absolutely stunned when the ref gave it. But you have to question his experience of um, game-like situations. You know, as a former player, I could see instantly Sotoko was saying, pointing to Trippier to take the runner. Yeah, which is, if you have a 2v1, the man tracking back always says, you take the runner. Because if he takes the ball, then the man tracking back can't get to the runner. So Trippier was there to cover the runner while Sotoko would be able to get to the ball. And that's, for me, if referees had actually played the game, they would be aware of that. Yeah, it I, was never a pen. No, I, and I, I completely agree with you. One hundred percent agree with you. But if the if the referee in that instance agreed or, or understood that the the rules of a handball in the box uh, meant that Sissoko had done something to 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 prevent a goal scoring chance, if like we don't, neither of us agree with that. And Mickey, you explained that why that shouldn't have been the penalty. Like better than I ever could, or, or and I hadn't even thought about it in that way, really. But if if it had been given within the realms of the game or the rules of the game, for it then to be overturned because that was unfair, and then for that to happen to Spurs, and it had, it had to happen to Spurs in order for that rule to be tra- changed, was about as much. <laughs> the keyest example of Spursy that I've ever I'm seen. I'm just talking about the death of Spursy. 
Well, we are, we are, but we, we're highlighting we're highlighting the moments that mean that we have to get rid of this 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 uh, this this, 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 this phrase. And and if you look just as a, a little caveat to this this season, where Lucas Moura was uh, chopped against uh, Bournemouth, I think. Oh, no, right? Sheffield United. Sheffield United, I think. Is Sorry, Sheffield. disallowed goal. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 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 Lucas Moura runs through with a ball, very dangerous attack. He gets chopped. Um, obviously, because he's chopped and fouled, he loses control of the ball. He falls on the floor with his back to the ball. The Sheffield United plays. Uh, Sheffield United defender plays the ball onto Lucas Moura's arm with his foot. The the ball bounces off the back of uh, Lucas Moura's uh, uh, elbow towards whatever that part of the arm is. The fuck, I don't know. I, I have nothing nothing to do with fitness. Anyway, but so it bounces <laughs> off his arm and then falls to Kane. Kane puts it away. And now that that can't be given as handball ever again because of that incident. So we've had two t- two times in the last twelve months where handballs are mental, that like mad, a, a mad decision for those to be given have have been given, and then for the rule makers to look at it and go, do you know what? Fair enough. Do you know how many games of football were played in the last year across all like professional leagues? Thousands. Two handball decisions that happened to Spurs in important games have resulted in rule changes. That is Spursy. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> all right, well, look, let's. We spent almost half an hour just on that first one, but I can see why. But uh, <laughs> do you have a second one, Flav? Yeah, I have a second one. The, the, the other one is um, uh, Ricardo Rocha being picked as a key centre back when we're in a situation where um, Pochettino was like our main, like he was, we, we, we were in the ascendancy. Tottenham were, were, were flying. We had a great manager uh, we, we all loved. Um, we were playing our North London rivals in a League Cup game. And you're just thinking, just, just pick our best team. Or if you don't pick our best team, whoever goes onto that pitch, you're playing Arsenal and Mickey will be able to, to explain why this is so much more important and what it feels like to, to wear the, the lily white shirt and go on to uh, a, 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 a pitch facing your arch rivals in Arsenal and seeing that red shirt and knowing what that tie means. And, and Pochettino, um, he picked Fazio. And just thinking, just, just play well. Just don't make any mistakes. And he absolutely butchered us. He made two huge mistakes. And, 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 and bearing in mind, this is a player who's gone on to, I think, either play in a Champions League final or a semi-final. And on this day, in, in a League Cup game against the weakened Arsenal side, he literally threw the ball into our, to, to our own net. And, and, and it just felt at the time where we were just, that everybody was buzzing at Tottenham for them to just have everything, or for all of us to have everything taken away from us. Because... Pochettino, our Lord and Saviour, chose um, Fazio to play. Was just it just felt like oh god. But what season? What season was it? Fifteen, sixteen, sixteen, seventeen? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Sanchez loses the ball. Gibbs wins it back. Sanchez again comes off Fazio. Flamini! done it again a glorious strike from Matteo Flamini and Arsenal are back in front I know Jamie do you, do you, you say League Cup Flav League Cup we yeah. lost we lost we lost 2-1 to two no, massive Flamini fans. scored Flamini scored twice right yes ah uh, yeah I don't nice. remember the so good Jamie, bits for Arsenal I remember the bad bits for Tottenham <laughs> when, 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 when you know you've got a league, and you know, it's the league cup, but like, like Flav said, it, it's, it's the North London dog. It doesn't matter what the occasion is to be mm. a kick around in the park. Uh, and, and you see Spurs have played a weakened side. Um, well, obviously, for banter reasons, they're every side that Spurs puts out is a weakened side. But, Brilliant. Um, <laughs> they, to be honest, like, yeah, I'm probably the same, the same as me. Like, we know that we've got a... With, with Wenger, I suppose he would always sort of put out the kids anyway in the League Cup. He never really sort of, you know, uh, um, took it that seriously. So I wasn't really surprised, but I always expected them, probably the same as Spurs and you guys, to just go for it and try. And Flamini was one of those guys who would just 
just try his hardest 100%. And uh, those are two great goals, to be fair. Hopefully, we can get that in on the... On the Can't remember. All, all of what he said, then, is not going in the podcast. Okay, great. None of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think this... We touched on it earlier, James, with Pochettino, is that he may be focused on Champions League and, and Premier League much more than he did FA Cup and the League Cup. Uh, and my argument always is is that your first trophy is the most difficult to, to come by. Uh, and once you come by it, the confidence and belief that you gain from it is immense. So uh, let's be honest, it's, it's incredibly tough to win the Champions League. It's incredibly tough to win the Premier League. So focus on the smaller trophies. Put your best team out, particularly in an era where the League Cup and FA Cup the bigger clubs, the Manchester United, the Liverpools, the Arsenal's, even sorry, the Chelsea's, even some of the smaller clubs like Arsenal, they put weekend <laughs> teams out as well. So what we have to say is that that these two trophies are much easier to win in present day because of bigger clubs having so many fixtures. The advent of the Champions League it means that they put out weekends. Arsenal, in particular, used to put out like young reserve teams out, uh, and for me grasp that opportunity to win those trophies. Um, give it your all, put your best team on the park, try and win them. And of course, the, the fans, you can still lose putting your best team up, but the fans respect the fact that you've put your best team on the park. For instance, part of uh, Maurizio's downfall this season was what the defeat to Colchester because we put a much weak inside out and got knocked out another cup competition. Um, so, for me, attack all four trophies. You've got enough good. We had enough good players in the squad to have a good side out on the pitch, um, and we didn't. And, and consequently, Maurizio, um, who was a brilliant manager and, a, and an even better man, lost his job on the back of it. Sadly, yeah. I've completely forgotten about that Colchester result. But thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Sorry, Flav, you, you were going to say. I would just, I would just like to echo that. Really, is that the, the the greatest uh, night that I've had as a Spurs fan was in the League Cup in 2008. Uh, one day, Ramos had been three games into the job. Uh, we had Arsenal over two legs in the League Cup. And um, we, we beat them at home 5-1. Like, forget the League Cup. It happened in the League Cup, but forget it. We, we'd beaten our arch rivals 5-1. And it just so happened to set up a, 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 like a, a, a League Cup final tie with Chelsea. If you hadn't taken that, if, if, if previously we hadn't taken that, that competition seriously, we'd never have got to the situation where I had the greatest moment I've ever had as a Spurs fan watching, watching my club play. Like, the League Cup isn't the FA Cup. It's certainly not the Champions League, and it's certainly not, not, not a tilt at the, the Premier League. But you don't know what memories can be made and, and how much of a... a a, a, a memory you can create uh, and, and uh, a part of, of your um, uh, of the, the, the history of your football club that you can be a part of if, if you just take things seriously like one day Ramos was an absolute horror show but he, was, he wasn't a good manager for Tottenham he did great for Seville and he did, he did well after leaving Spurs but whatever the fit weren't right but I will always remember him fondly because of what he gave us over two games in the League Cup, that 5-1 over Arsenal, and then to follow up with our next nearest rivals, Chelsea, and I'd say a long drop in terms of our next nearest rivals, because <laughs> I don't like Chelsea, and I know, um, I know that, Mickey, you played for Chelsea, but, but the, 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 there, is, there is a rivalry there, but to beat Arsenal and then face Chelsea and then beat both of them, that happened in the League Cup, and none, no, no Spurs fan will ever forget that. So you can't, you can't take it Sorry, Mickey. I was, I was saying, it's, no. it, with Flab, you know, it's interesting to me that out of all the things I thought you would pick that, that piss you off that have happened to Tottenham, Champions League at final, I thought that's the shoe-in. But Fazio playing in a League Cup <laughs> game against Arsenal. And I think, you know, I think anyone who's listened to any of your content knows how much you really hate Arsenal. But I, I would never have thought that. So, you know, what, what is it about that particular game or, or that particular decision to, to play a weaker team? In order, in order to you about this, maybe we lost. Well. <laughs> well, we lost. But, but in order to understand it, you have to understand the, the magnitude of every game against Arsenal. Every single one. 
everyone you go into, you're like, we cannot lose this. Doesn't matter what the what what what's on the table or what 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 it means to win. If it's three points and you you finish tenth, or a a third round league cup tie that would mean that you end up playing Nottingham Forest away in the next round. It doesn't matter what happens next. And what matters is is you're playing them. You're playing them, and it doesn't matter what scenario you are playing Arsenal, and you have to. Every man in the football club. Every person associated to the football club needs to know the magnitude of this, this tie. And so you're walking to the stadium. And obviously, like, teams are not picked months or weeks or days in advance. They're picked an hour before the, go, the, 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 the game kicks off. So you don't know who's in the side. But what, 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 what the club doesn't realise and what, what the manager doesn't realise, and, and there's no reason why they should, is that Spurs fans have been thinking about this tie since it got made maybe two months before, a month before, whatever it might be, we've been fixated about this tie. And then within an hour <laughs> of, it, of it starting, in the same way that Sissoko, like he's handball fucked the game up, within an hour, you realise, actually, Pochettino doesn't care about this as much as I do. And that, that, was, that was the issue. That, that was the issue. Yeah. And then you look at, you look at Fazio starting at centre-back, and you're thinking, okay, well, maybe Potts trusts in his, his centre-back. And you're thinking, all right, well, hope this works out. And then during the 90 minutes, he literally kicks two balls into his own net. That, that's, that, I guess it's not about being Spursy. It's just about the frustration. It's, it's absolutely fantastic here when you say all of this, uh, and, and, and the reason being is because um, when you come through the system at Spurs, you know, the, the schoolboy, then the juniors, then the, uh, the youth team, reserves, etc., Everything that you've just said about um, understanding the importance of this particular game, understanding what it means to the club, what, is it, what, what it means to the fans, what it means to the laundry lady, what it means to people going to work on Monday morning, what it means to you as a player. You can become an hero overnight if you score the winner in that particular game. Uh, and, and that's what's inbred in you as a youngster at the football club. Now, it's not inbred in the fazios of this world, right? But that's the part that homegrown players play. For instance, in the early 80s, we signed Ardiles and Villa, Archibald and Crooks, Clements. They had no idea, well, maybe Clements did, but most of them had no idea about the importance of the Arsenal Spurs rivalry. But that's the role of the homegrown players to instill, you know, Ozzy and Ricky would educate us footballistically. They would show us, um, talk to us about things and that. And we would educate them on uh, what it means to play for Spurs, what it means to play in a North London derby. Uh, and that, therefore, when they got to the game, they were equally as fired up as what we homegrown players were. And maybe in today's football, there's not enough homegrown players around to actually educate the players that have came from other countries. And, and they're probably, you've got to forgive them in some ways because they're not, not, probably not as aware as what the fans are, as what, the homegrown players are, of the importance of this fixture. And if you could have said to me in my at the start of every season, choose one game you want to win or two games you want to win, it would be Arsenal. Because I, I couldn't stand, just as I can't now <laughs> when we lose, I couldn't stand to lose to Arsenal because I knew what was coming when we lost to Arsenal. See, I knew when we went back to White Hart Lane, if we played at Ivory and lost... When we went back to Whitehall at the end, we were going to get volleyed because that's how much it meant to our fans. So when we went into games against Arsenal, we, we were always ready to go to war and we were prepared to do whatever necessary to win that game. Uh, um, and that's what it means. And, and these continental footballers that have sort of flocked into our game, they need educating about the importance of the NLD. And, yeah. and as it happens, we've been we've won more than we've lost over the last three or four years. Mickey, oh, yeah. as, as a player, you, you might want you might not want to say this out, out of respect. So if you don't want to answer, it's fine. But, uh, and I know football is a bit different in terms of the number of substitutes and, and squad sizes back when you were playing. Still, even it wasn't that long ago. But as a as a player, as a as a first team player, and you, a team sheet comes out, and they've put a couple of the resis on there, or you know, a couple of the players that you know aren't really first team players. 
What does that do to the mentality of the rest of the team? Or is that something that you, you didn't encounter with football team? I, I, I have to say that um, if you go back to exactly what you're talking about, to the 1984 UEFA Cup final, we had no Roy Clemens, the number one goalkeeper in the country. We had no Glenn Oddle, in my opinion, the best player in the country. We had no Ozzy Ardiles, World Cup winner. We had no Steve Perryman, captain records galore for Spurs. And we had no Garth Crooks, our, part of our strike pairing. We had an old group of youngsters, people like Ali Dick, people like Gary Mabbott, um, who at the time was a youngster. Um, Danny Thomas, who'd not been signed long. Gary Stevens, who was 21, 22. We had a whole host of youngsters who would sort of more or less come through the system. Mark Falklor, myself, all came through the youth setup, right? Um, and did I think we can't win this because we've got no Glenn Oddle, Steve Perryman? We've got, no, I knew we were going to win it. It's, it's as simple as that. No, people would say, how did you know? I just knew. I knew we were going to win the UEFA Cup. I, we were fated to win it. It's as simple as that. Uh, but did I worry about that I had lesser players on the pitch than what Glenn Oddle or Ozzy Ardiles or Steve Perriman was? Not in the slightest, because the, the, the cards you've been dealt, they're, they're your cards. And if you're going to spend time worrying about them cards, you're not going to win. You have to believe equally in those cards as the great hand that you dealt. Uh, um, so, no. I, I, I cannot I cannot make an excuse to say that whatever teams picked, that's what teams picked. And mm. you have to go out on the park believing, because if you don't believe you're going to win, you're going to lose. So you have to go out every game. I can honestly say, and I played with some of the greatest Spurs players ever, I can honestly say I never went into one Spurs game believing I was going to lose the game. And then remember, Liverpool were the, the team of Europe at that particular time. Every time we played them, we beat them quite a few times, but we lost a lot as well. I never felt we were going to lose because I, I, I had complete belief in my team. I thought we were a brilliant team who could beat anybody. But the UEFA Cup final proved that even with a team of youngsters who'd come through the system, um, we could still win it. So, no, don't make the excuse. It's, it's 11 v 11. It sounds like we're saying if Fazio had just believed a little bit more, <laughs> he wouldn't have um, no, think done I think what he did. Than, it's much bigger than, much greater than that, James. I think what we're really saying is if Flav had, had believed in Fazio a little bit more, <laughs> we'd have won. Yeah, yeah, but I, I did believe... I, well, no, I, no, I didn't, actually. <laughs> he, he picked up on my negative vibes and it's my fault that we, yeah, we lost that game against Arsenal. Hashtag fuck Flav. Flav, you've given a couple. Mickey, are there any, just to do a final one, that, that stick out in your mind throughout the, the history of Tottenham where you think, God, why is it always us? Listen, I, like Flav, I was, I thought of the Champions League final, Sissoko, obviously the goal at Old Trafford, uh, which was what, three yards over the line and they didn't give the goal. Um, can you remember that one? Oh, We've yeah. never discussed that on this podcast, have we, Jamie? <laughs> Definitely not Honestly, every episode. On every other show, <laughs> James has mentioned this as his one big gripe. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. He's okay, not... so let me just say this to you. <laughs> for, every, <laughs> for every Spursy moment, for every Spursy moment that we refer to, um, there's a moment that completely nullifies the Spursy moment. For instance, <laughs> the VAR decision in the last seconds of the Manchester City game. It was... Was that a Spursy moment? No, right. that was just an incredible moment in the history of this football club. That was karma. It, well, was, I mean, it was. It, more, it, it was. Well, we were just lucky that technology intervened, but it was because we played the ball back to their striker at the last second of the game. But I get your point, Mickey. The, yes. the football gods uh, that night. The, 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 again, the semi-final. You know, if that goalkeeper had, had, had took his free uh, goal kick in time, we wouldn't have had that extra few seconds added on. That gets us the goal. So for every Spurs moment, there's an absolutely incredible moment that wins us. Yeah. You know, Spursy moment, for instance, in the 1984 UF Cup final when Danny Thomas, it was supposed to be me, but I was suffering with cramp. Danny Thomas walks up to take the penalty to win the UEFA Cup and he misses. Typically Spursy moment, you'd say. But then the very next moment, our goalkeeper saves their penalty to win us the UEFA Cup. So 
they all cancelled one another out over the period of time. Just, I, I want, it's weird that you say that, Mickey, because I wanted to bring that up when you were talking previously about that game. And that, that's the difference between the way Spurs fans, fans think now and the way they did back then. And my dad, my dad, like, he, he, his first season at Spurs was the 61 double winning team. That was his first. Wow. Yeah, my, my granddad would take him. He'd stand, he'd sit on my, my granddad's shoulders and, and he watched that, watched that side win, that, that incredible side win uh, the double. Um, but, but First team this century, by the way, wasn't it? Absolutely, 100%. We can't, <laughs> you know, let's, uh, let's, let's underline that for sure. But, um, but, but that, when, when Danny Thomas missed that penalty, and that, you know, you missed your first penalty, penalty in, uh, in, in a kickoff, uh, for for the for for any kind of European title, for them for him to miss and why like you'll you'll know this better than me and I can only I can only live it vicariously through videos and my dad's telling of this story, but he said that he'd never hear never heard Whitehart Lane as loud as when they were singing one Danny Thomas after he'd missed the the most one of the most important penalties that will ever be taken at our old stadium, and the entire crowd the entire stadium was saying one Danny Thomas like. It doesn't matter, Danny. You're one of us. You know, anyone can miss a penalty. You're Spurs, and that's more important than what 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 we've what we've oh, done. Sending week. shivers through me. I, I I've got goose pimples right now thinking about it. And I I was three years and, old when it happened. And I've got to say that that was, isn't Spursy. That's what you, what we need to. Yes, adopt. but it was in those days, and I, and and I have to say equally, just as you've explained it, is exactly how it occurred. Um, you know, I have mixed feelings about that moment because I was supposed to be the fifth penalty taker but you had to hand your five names in and I was suffering with cramps so Keith didn't hand my name in so I was the fifth penalty taker so when Danny was walking up and I knew that if he scores we've won the cup as he was walking up I was thinking wish this was me uh-huh. go down in history as being the one who scores the goal that wins the UEFA cup oh wow I cannot believe it so I was feeling a bit Oh, what a sickness. That, this could have been me, you know. And then, and then the keeper saved it. And I thought, oh, shit, it's me next. <laughs> so I'm shaking like a leaf, <laughs> you know. So, you know, but I think that more than anything, it probably um, sh- shows in, 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 in a matter of a minute um, that what I've touched on throughout the show about the Spursy, the non-Spursy, you know, to... to, to uh, and the mentality of the players, the mental, you know, Danny came back to the off-wheel line, the fans erupted, one Danny Thomas, it was amazing. And I, I'm convinced to this day that the fans lifted everybody's spirits, that Tony saved the penalty, you know, but as he come back, every player was gone, don't worry, Danny, don't worry. I, I didn't because I was shaking by that stage because it was me next. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? It, it, the, the mentality, even of the fans in those days, was like the players. We believed we were going to win. And it feels like this excuse of very Spursy has become an excuse to almost before we even play. Sometimes I hear people saying, oh, something Spursy's going to happen today. And I think, how can you say that before a game? You know, so in those days, the reaction to something that was incredibly Spursy, if you look, if it happened today, Danny missing the very kick that would have won us the UEFA Cup, he missed. The fans just got behind him, sang his name, incredible. He's, he's forever a hero because he missed. Yeah. You know, the fans never forget that moment. And then, of course, Poxy made the save. So it was, it all evens itself out. The, 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 just as many Spursy moments as as many great moments. I think this is, this is, this is wonderfully optimistic, Flav. I love, I love the story that your dad tells of that night. Um, I, I do feel responsible that I've, failed in this podcast now because it's supposed to be telling everyone how much shit time Tottenham have and you're talking about winning European Cups but it's great because you know the conversation has, has, has actually been far more profound and interesting than than I you know than our usual just sort of three bad things that happen to us format I believe. Jamie note to self remind me next time don't book someone so incredibly positive on the oh, yeah, yeah. you've done all right Mickey you're too you're just too positive but I love it <laughs> love it I, I love it. it and it's great and, and that insight as a player is is fantastic look we're, we're almost out of time but before we do I just uh, you know let's just focus on some of the things that haven't made the top three 
Um, and usually I'll ask the guests to kind of list a few, but uh, you know, because we're running short of time, I'm, I'm going to read out a few and I want you to simply use the word Spursy. Mm -hmm. Actually, Jamie, I'll let you read them out because oh. you have less context. And I, I want you to give them uh, a Spursy rating out of five. Okay. Right, so, for I mean, as most Spursy things that happen. And feel free to elaborate on any of them if you want. Okay, well, so the top one, here. yeah, Lasagna Gate. Well, well, I don't know what that is. Oh, God. You don't know what it is? Oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> no, uh, I know exactly what it is. Oh, right, right. Sorry, you've been... I'm <laughs> just messing. You, yeah, because... Uh, some context for the, for the guys? No, what? No, you don't know. No, it's fine. You're not getting any. No, no, it's... Yeah. Um, we, we were on the brink of qualifying from the Champions League, weren't we? This was yeah. Martin Yol. This was the, the part of the... Uh, of um, the transition between what Spurs were from 96, maybe 95, 96 forward to the point where Martin Yol, you know, Jack Santini had, had been given the reins and Martin Yol was his assistant. Frank Arneson was our sporting director and there seemed finally to be some sort of structure there. And Santini got sacked after nine games and literally... We never heard from him again. I hope he's well. I don't know where he is, but I'd never heard from him again since that point. And he's Yol got food poisoning. Yeah, he's probably still <laughs> reeling. Um, and then Yol came in, and things started to look very positive. And Spurs went went from being a really certainly in the the, the vast majority of the Premier League era up up until that point to being a very mediocre side. You know, hoping that we might qualify for Europe through the, um, the Fair Play League or something like that. And uh, it went to the final game of the season. Spurs, uh, all we had to do was beat West Ham. At that point, wasn't, that wasn't a great feat. I think West Ham were, were kind of meandering around sort of 14th, 15th. And we had, all, we had a great side. Edgar Davids, Carrick, Defoe, um, Ledley King was killing it. Michael Dawson... Uh, I want to say Andy Reid as well, I'm not sure. Um, but we had a good side. And then it, the news broke on the morning of this game, the most important game of many, many a year. Like This could be the, the, the time that Spurs enter the Champions League. Like, like you forget, forget what we've had over the last 10 years where we, we, we consistently qualify for the Champions League. Back then, we'd had a couple of Europa, Europa League jaunts. That was it. And uh, we had this one game. All we had to do is better Arsenal's result, result. They were playing Wigan at home, I think. And we were playing uh, West Ham away. And the news broke on the morning of the game that our entire squad, everyone was decimated. They'd had a dodgy lasagna. I don't even know if it actually was lasagna, if that wasn't like a tab. They'd eaten something at the Marriott Hotel. And none of them were fit. None of them were able to play. Like, I... I I, I've worked in an office for the majority of my life. If I have like food poisoning, I, I can't go in and type emails. I can't. It's, it's impossible. So what would it be like to go on a pitch and compete in the Premier League? Like Mickey, I, I, Mickey have you ever been ill and, and had to play football? Yeah, yeah, I, I have been. Yeah, I got food poisoning one night. I went in, told the manager and he made me play. <laughs> I had to play and he kept me on the full 90 minutes as well. What was it and like? I, it was horrendous. I was very, very ill. But I must say, Jamie, yeah, I think I think that was totally out of order what you did that day, putting that dodgy lasagna in there. That was wrong. Yeah, yeah you shouldn't you. have did that. That was you, Jamie, as well. So I'm getting it back because <laughs> I cooked him dinner tonight. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> oh, that's good news. Yeah. Yeah. Lasagna. Yeah. No, I, I, on a, on a scale of, if there's such a thing as Spursy, and I don't believe there is, but if you're asking me to mark. Lasagna gate out of five, I would have to say that would potentially be a five. Yeah, me too, me too. All right. What's what's yeah. next on that list? Um, uh, some Mendes guy at Old Trafford. Yeah, I think we mentioned that just yeah. now, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, should we talk? Um, well, uh, obviously, this is something about just, uh, just Woolwich. Say it. Okay, Woolwich voting us out of the league. So that that that's that's I mean that's that's not Spursy. That is an absolute complete injustice. This is what's wrong with football and what's wrong about your your <laughs> Shit, football club. To do a two parter here, we get we got Flav started. On. I, 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 I'll I'll sum it up in ten seconds. This is why you are what you are, and this is why we've become what we've become. Right? You got yourself into the league in an expense of uh, of Spurs 
who weren't in a relegation position, you weren't in a promotional position, and Henry Norris used these, these little tentacles of influence to, to, to navigate a situation where Arsenal became a top-flight football club. The only club, I think, in the, probably if you look at every league in the world, every legitimate league, the only club that ever got to the top flight, not through merit, not, not through <laughs> any kind of achievement, just through some weird skullduggery. That's your football club. And when you chose the football club, you probably weren't aware of it. You probably weren't. Like, you probably didn't realise what the foundations of your football, the cesspit foundations of your football club. Um, you didn't realise that, but you know now. So now's your chance, mate, to say, I, I give up. I, I can't support this horrible regime anymore. I, I, I think the one point that you missed, Vlad, um, I really think you missed a big important point here. What is, that, is mean? that Because um, playing at the very top was never earned by Arsenal, That's right. it undermines every achievement that they've ever made well, at the very even, top. It's the, because no, they got there by default. Or every achievement they've ever, every, every, everything they've won since that moment is null and void. It doesn't Absolutely. mean anything. You guys have no idea how happy we are to start at the top of every league season. We, we love that. <laughs> and now Bournemouth are down. That you, you will yeah, again. Yeah, we love the fact that we're back at the... We start top every season. That's our, our, our main thing. This, this has slowly just become about Arsenal, hasn't it? Most yeah. of the shit that's... Yeah, well, I, James, James, I do believe that. I, I, I think we also must, as much as we... Uh, there's a fierce rivalry between the two clubs. I think it's important to recognise also that... Um, we're very fortunate as fans to have two such big clubs competing as, a, uh, and we are their fans so close to one another. You know, if we, if, if Arsenal had never got that place um, all those years ago, we wouldn't have the NLDs that we have today, where we're beating them most of the time. Um, so I think it's important to remember that two very very great clubs um, that we get the pleasure of playing in NLD every year so that's important to mention as well although I can't stand them <laughs> um, that doesn't mean I would never I would never ever ask for Arsenal to be relegated never I want them not they the clubs <laughs> can I just bring Flav because I'm seeing his face go more and more purple as you're saying <laughs> no, 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 you want the NLD no it's like Batman needs his Joker you know you need the good versus evil exactly yeah but I, nothing would make me happier the, 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 the millions of Arsenal fans around the world would have nothing to f support and their lives would be empty, hollow shells. That, that's ultimately what I aim for. <laughs> yeah, but then we wouldn't even be able to watch Arsenal TV and have a good laugh. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? That's the, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm being extreme. Obviously, look, you know, the, the fit, if, if, if I actually believe what I just said, <laughs> I would never have. I would never have had those glorious moments that that I've talked about in this podcast. Exactly. And you need you need you need a nemesis, don't you? You know, Star Wars. I did. Be... I did score the winner at Ivory one year. Flat. Yeah. So so Mick, uh, uh, when you sorry to <laughs> Jimmy to to hijack your your podcast once again. Going, I, mate, I'm, I'm really acutely aware that I do this when I go on other people's podcasts. I'm really sorry. Um, but Mick, you remember when you was on on the fighting cock? Uh, many years ago, yes, we talked about ago. you winning, you scoring that, uh, is it 3-2 win? 3-1. 3-1, and you curled, curled a, a beautiful goal into, is it the top corner? Explain, yes. explain the goal, and, well, and, and, and did you ever find the footage of it? No. I've never found the footage, but well, what, what, what was the you passed the ball to me on the off-wheel line, and I beat three players on the way to the edge of the box. And just about the D, John Hollands was coming across on the cover from right fullback. And he slid in. I went to hit it with my left foot. And he slid in and I just touched it round him. And then rifled it into the top corner from 25 yards. Now, when I tell my children that story, I say, I picked the ball up off the goalkeeper. You know, a six-yard box. <laughs> and I ran the fun length of the field. I beat 13 players because I beat some of them more than once. And I hit the ball from 40 yards in off the crossbar on the post into the top corner. You know, it's amazing how time sort of uh, <laughs> darkens the or colours up the memory a bit. 
And that but goal, no, that, it, it was it, probably it, the best goal I ever scored. That wasn't, really? wasn't bloody televised. And was it never filmed? There was, there is no. It was footage. televised, but bloody Arsenal! They must have knew they were going to lose because <laughs> um, I did before the game. I knew they were going to lose, um, and they had a great team. Graham Rich, Liam Brady, Alan Sunderland had a great team. We beat three one at Ivory. They must have knew they were going to lose because in those days, adverts on your shirt weren't allowed on TV. And they put JVC on their shirt. So although it got televised, it never ever got shown. So I've never Spursy. ever that is never, ever seen this go. Yeah, that's, that's the most Spursy thing ever. Right, you know what, guys? So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say let's let's make Spursy not not what happened with the TV, but goals like that, Mickey. Goals like I'm gonna shout at my dad here because he said you scored a banger against Chelsea at Old Trafford once as well, which is one of his favourite ever goals. But Moments Chelsea's like that, moments like Lucas Moura, moments like Ginola drifting around the entire defence in the FA Cup. Yeah. Commentary sitting in the FA Cup final. Shut up, Jamie. Ricky Villa. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what, that's Spursy. That's what Spursy should be. And, and yeah, absolutely. Not us being picked over all the time, which, which we are. We'll just have to live with that. I think. As fans, let's focus on the great things. And that will lead us to more great things because... Focusing on this Spursy thing, I feel it actually generates a Spursy. Let's forget about Spursy. Let's make it the greatness of Spurs. There we go. Who was it that said Danny, Fle- Danny Blanchard? I mean, the two greatest quotes I've ever read it from any footballer was Danny Blanchflower and um, Bill Nick. You know, Danny Blanchflower, the game's, the game's about the glory. Uh, 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 and um, Billy Nick's famous quote was just unbelievable. Hmm. Yeah, Mick, I know. Sorry to, to to hijack once again, Mickey. Is if there's any way in this world that one day I can just come round your flat, right, or your house, wherever you live, and we just re- replay the 1984 UEFA Cup final, and you just talk me through all of your emotions, and I just lie there and listen to it, that would be my dream, my absolute dream. You're more than welcome, anytime, anytime. But you'd have to bring a video of the game. <laughs> all right, I'll find one. Amazing. All right, guys. I think we'll, we'll we'll leave it there. But thanks for what was ultimately in the end quite an uplifting episode of It's Always Us. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. So, sorry about that, Jim. James, <laughs> been a pleasure. Jamie, you're a, you're a good guy, even though you're Arsenal. <laughs> Enjoyed your company. Nice to Jamie, you, guys. always, it's been a pleasure. Jamie, I hope I never see your face ever again. <laughs> it's Always Us is hosted and produced by James Regal and Jamie McDonald. This funky theme music was written and performed by Morrison Marr, a.k.a. Moss Tones, on SoundCloud. If you've got any comments for the show or just want to share the pain supporting your team, you can find us on Twitter at It's Always Us Pod or email us at itsalwaysuspod at gmail.com. And of course, please support us by subscribing to the podcast and leaving us a rating and review. Thanks for listening and see you next time.